welcome to our Christmas edition of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. This is our sixth podcast already, who can believe it? Um, it's guaranteed to be a festive extravaganza. Uh, I'm Stuart Baird and as always I'm joined by John Hassel. Hello John, how are you? Yes, I'm not bad Stuart, I'm just glad we're back recording this again. And that's going to be the happiest introduction ever. Well, listen, it's, it's that a, time of year, it's a happy it time of year. I'm sure everybody else is looking forward to the holidays and various other things. So yeah, <laughs> why don't we channel some of that inner happiness as well, as we always do. Yeah. Um, I know a few people have been looking forward to the latest podcast and it's been a few mm-hmm. weeks since, uh, since we did the last one, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, John, I'm sure the, the listeners have probably noticed, or I hope they've noticed, that we're sounding much clearer than usual. Should we tell them why? Yes, I think so. And uh, may- maybe it's because everyone's got better speakers, but mm, maybe not. Could well be. Uh, basically, um, John and I and, and, and the Archive, because the podcast has been as popular as it has been, mm-hmm. um, we have invested in some proper equipment to record it. Um, so I'm hopeful that you guys will, will hear the benefit of that. Um, it should be noticeable to all of you. Hopefully we're, we're much clearer. Um, John, I'm sure, would agree that it's certainly a much more uh, comfortable setup for us in terms of how it works and what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, it was all quite nomadic before where we were getting the perfect acoustics of a place. You know, we had to avoid echoey rooms and things like that and sit yeah. in all kinds of positions to try and record it. Yeah. And we just, we actually want to thank everyone's patience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, yeah. it hasn't kind of detracted from the enjoyment for, for you know, people listening to No, this. you're right. And, and amazingly so, of the first five podcasts, um, they have been listened to over 1,500 times on SoundCloud. Um, so that I'm, I'm quite impressed by that. I think that's a, that's a good number. I think that exceeds our expectations. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. that's good. Now, one of the things that, that people have been asking for, and we've had a few comments on this, is that they would like to see the podcast on iTunes and on Spotify. Well, you, you, we have listened to you. Uh, your <laughs> wishes have come true. It's a Christmas gift to all of you. Uh, this podcast will be available on Spotify podcasts and also on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have subscribed to a service that allows us to do that. Um, so hopefully that will broaden its appeal and will make it easier for you to listen to it when you're in the car or in the house or on your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you'll, you'll all enjoy that. And, and as I say, hopefully broaden the appeal a bit and, and, and make us... Uh, well, I mean, just the question I'm, I'm posing here, and it's totally innocent, but is it still going to be available on uh, the, the previous yeah, platform? Yeah, it will still be on SoundCloud because that's specifically tied into the website so so that I can yeah. embed it there. Uh, the website, as you know by now, is uh, glasgows-motorways.org.uk. Um, so they're all there as usual. Now, I'll just give you a quick run through of what we're going to be speaking about tonight. I know you all like to know what we're talking about. Uh, first on the agenda, we're going to discuss that Ring Road film that you'll have seen over the weekend that we released uh, to much fanfare. Uh, we'll go into some detail on that and where it came from and, and what's covered and, and what you can see in that. Uh, we're then going to jump on to our monthly discussion on one of the motorways this month. It's the M80. Uh, a few people have asked questions on that recently, so that made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have a guest joining us for our third slot. Um, Wojciech Borowski is joining us Um, he is the third member of the archive team Um, so we'll hear from him a little later Uh, then we're going to discuss some of the Holford slides and some documents we've received from Glasgow City Council recently there's some interesting Mm -hmm. material in there and then of course as usual we will have our monthly question session and there's a few interesting questions that have come up this month as well so we'll cover that let's get straight into the Ring Road film Mm -hmm. John the Ring Road film well a few podcasts ago, we we told you guys some sad news uh, about the passing of John Cullen. Yeah. Um, and uh, throughout that, we, we had received some additional material. We have nestled in with this stuff uh, where we found these these reels of old film. Yeah. That we weren't aware of. I nope. mean, we we have, we have we have seen old footage of uh, you know the opening of the Inner Ring Road and Kingston Bridge and Renfrew Motorway and, and the like. We didn't know it's on these, so Stuart, you managed to get these processed and you managed to get them quite cleared up. That's is- right. Yeah, I found uh, a company in in Glasgow in the city centre who specifically convert old footage you know from VHS and various other old formats uh, into digital files. Um, so they did that for me back in the summer. Mm-hmm. I found on first viewing that the quality of it wasn't great um, it was old as you can imagine um, We I've dated it at 1974 for reasons that I will go into shortly um, I 
put it through a couple of the softwares that we have, did some post-production on it, basically made it a bit brighter yeah. um, and, and did some general clearing up of it. Um, and I think it's turned out pretty well. I mean, it, it, Considering it was filmed predominantly on adult day and yeah. it was quite shaky. Yeah, you know? shaky old Super 8 camera uh, yeah. done at night as, or, or, or at dusk. Um, in uh, in late autumn, uh, mm-hmm. so the light levels are pretty poor when 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 okay. you're looking towards the south, which is which is a shame. But uh, I think in the whole, it's not bad. It's, it's not. Uh, it's not what you'd find from your fancy modern dash cams. No, but um, it is. It is pretty good. So. Yeah, it is. So. So for anybody who's seen it, mm-hmm. you'll know that it basically shows the inner ring road um, starting um, at Newton Street, proceeding across the Kingston Bridge southbound. Uh, the first interesting feature you come to there is the temporary terminus at the end of the Kingston Bridge, which mm-hmm. was basically a roundabout. You came off the Kingston Bridge and you were dumped on the surface street system at Scotland Street. Um Interestingly, this was the first footage I had ever seen of that setup. Yeah, we've only ever seen it on maps. Something yeah, it's a kind of yeah. square about, wasn't it? Kind That's of right. a temporary, what they might call now as a gyratory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, a, there's really a few interesting details there. Now, key to the whole thing and the dating the whole thing is they stop and they have a look at the construction of the first stage of their entry motorway and that's obviously the section that took that motorway from there out to Hillington um, they show the piers of Scotland Street Viaduct under construction now that contract was awarded in late 1973 um, so construction as you can see in the video is well advanced by that stage so I'm already thinking that it's probably 1974-75 based mm-hmm. on that because of the, the stage of the construction yeah. The video then swings round and it comes back across Kingston and you get a good view as you come north across the bridge. It then stops in the Charing Cross Canyon and has a look about the tunnel and various other things before jumping back to the Anderson footbridge, which was open, uh, even though it was incomplete at that time, it remained open for, it for years. It was a dead end. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't go anywhere. So, so he's up there <laughs> and he's getting some, some footage up there. Uh, and then he goes back to the car and they're driving round towards Townhead via the um, the north flank of the inner ring road. Um, they reach the Townhead end, mm-hmm. which of course is also a temporary terminus at that time and as they come round the bend you can see construction of the Monkland motorway. Mm-hmm. Now construction of the Monkland motorway stage 1 is considerably further forward than it is at the Renfrew end um, now we know Monkland stage 1 opened in May 1975 mm-hmm. I mean you're looking ahead and you can see the footbridges and things that are basically complete, that is what's made me date it as being winter 1974-75, but probably the 74 side. I reckon it's probably October, November 1974. Yeah, judging on the kind of daylight and stuff like yeah. that, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably when it was shot. Unfortunately, um, John is unfortunately no longer with us to confirm that, and there's no date or anything on the film, but that's my, my rough guess. And you can see some interesting features as well. Um, John, one of the things we've spoken about, I suppose, was uh, was Woodside. Um, yeah. You see the north flank of the inner ring road in its original form, so that's before it was widened. Uh, yeah. The stubs for the Mary Hill motorway are clearly visible. Yes, um, that's you right. Know, yeah. they, they were vastly cut back when they widened the motorway in the early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you see, I see a lot there. You see the gantries in their original form. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say that was actually something quite striking because we don't actually have much footage of that, do we? No. And one of the the things I noticed in that footage as well is they just have these solid static directional arrows pointing down. Yeah. In some of the footage, you know, because that's all they done at that point. That's right, because the the communication system wasn't connected until 1980-81. Um, yeah. So for the first few years, I mean, within all the construction contracts, um, they they were sensible and they made allowance for it by asking the contractor to install um, the signal units and all the cabling. A future-proofing, um, basically. Future-proofing it, yeah. So, so the council basically set it with the arrows pointing down. And for any of the naysayers who say that the, the Glasgow Gantry signage doesn't meet requirements, actually, if you look at those original signed faces with the arrows pointing down, then absolutely then it do. did. It really, really did. And it's a subject for another day, but the, the design changes led to, to what we have now. Um, but it's an interesting feature all the same. Yeah. Um, something else that struck me... Is Kingston Bridge, which right. despite the fact the road doesn't really go anywhere at that time, the bridge is still exceptionally busy. I think that is because it is a river crossing. Yeah. You know, in addition to what's already there. I mean, we didn't have things like the Clyde Arc back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, so there is that local traffic that was just using it. Mm-hmm. It was quick to get on. And also probably the approaches to the M8 were a lot quieter. Yeah. As well. So it's probably easier to get on the bridge and get back off again. Yeah, you know? that's that's true. Um the Charing Cross podium. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course now 
has tea house on, on top of this it. This is the one that everybody thinks was another road. It was a bridge to nowhere. A bridge yeah, to was, nowhere, but it wasn't. It was never a bridge. It was always a podium. Um, uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see that without a building on it. Uh, I think it was 1992 before the building was actually uh, yeah, constructed on top it. of that. So it had a good few years left um, before anything appeared on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We, we've got some good that. old photos of that on our Myths page, don't That's we? That's right, we do yeah. on the Myths page um, because people say it was a bridge to nowhere when it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some good... Uh, illustrations of it in the highway plan mm-hmm. as it was intended to look which was maybe to extend a further block or two on either side yeah. um, but certainly nothing extensive I mean we've heard all sorts of rumours about what that was going to be somebody was talking about an elevated dual carriageway replacement for Sucky Hall Street yeah. in some forum that I read at some Th- point you know that, that's that's the one I hear yeah, generally yeah, yeah. Uh, simply not true but hey. simply not true um, what else did we notice in it I, 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 I mean I think that's the most of it. I mean, the footage jumps about quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing. Certainly uh, very well maintained. Uh, everything's mm-hmm. very well looked after. Mostly clean and tidy. That's It's funny to see it because you've actually seen it open for a, for a couple of years, you yeah. know. So, no, yeah. that's that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, yeah, it's, 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 it was interesting to see. Now, yeah. I suppose one of the things that, that, that we're kind of proud of is the fact that uh, the BBC were interested in the footage as well. And, and for anybody who, who had a look at the, uh, the website, um, the BBC website, late mm-hmm. last week or over the weekend, they were I've seen their coverage of it as well. We're quite chuffed to have uh, to have got them to buy into the idea that this footage is worth being seen. Um, yeah. I'm sure most of our followers would agree that it's uh, that it's interesting footage. Well, it's been locked away in a box or a cupboard. Absolutely. You know, even That's John right. himself had never mentioned mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so you know, it's a piece of it's a piece of history. It's good to see, um, and it has a different angle from a lot of the, the sort of a normal <laughs> footage you see of Glasgow as mm-hmm. well. So, so yeah, I'm quite chuffed that, that we have finally got it out there. We've been sitting on it for a few months. It was uh, it was good to be able to count down to it and, and treat it as a sort of a big Christmas reveal for everyone, yeah. uh, because the support recently and some of the posts has been really outstanding. We've yeah. had some really really well supported and well liked and shared posts. Uh, it consistently exceeds my. Mm-hmm. expectations and the levels of support and we really really are grateful for that so so giving the video back putting the video out there was something that uh, was sort of a thank you yeah. to all of you um, and really I really hope you, you all enjoyed it yeah well I did so well, with, we, with, with all of you listening and being of a similar mindset you probably yeah. would have enjoyed it I, as well. I hope so and if anybody has any questions mm. about anything they see in the footage when they're, uh, when they're watching it please feel free to send them in and, and if we don't address them on the pages either Twitter or Facebook we yeah. will certainly raise them at a future podcast um, there will be one early next year so you know so we'll, we'll try and answer any gives us an excuse to watch it against you exactly Absolutely. So we'll, we'll carry on from there. So, yeah, there'll be further updates on that, but as I say, hope you enjoyed it. Now, I think then we might move on to our discussion, <laughs> which this month is on the M80. Oh, yay. My favourite motorway. John's yeah. favourite motorway. <laughs> well, um, and obviously people can't see the expression on my face here. It's not. I, I'm, I'm going to say it quite frankly. I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I use it on a daily basis. Um, I'm aware, obviously, and we'll go into more detail of its history and its kind of piecemeal construction. Yeah. If you wear the M80, obviously that's the, the motorway that, that, that heads from it's, south to yeah. north from Glasgow and passes via Cumbernauld. Old. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's pretty bad for getting stuck in the queues, Yeah, even though... It was improved back in 2011. So another one of these motorways in the central belt that suffered from political uh, dithering mm. and meddling and indecision. Yeah. Um. And and we can we can talk a bit about that as well and and what the reasons for that were. I mean, the A80 as an original route. Yeah. Um. Extended from the junction of Cumbernauld Road and Alexandra Parade, um, in Glasgow. Just 12, isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. All the way to Stirling, Bannockburn. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, and at that time went through uh, steps, Moodysburn, Muirhead, Cumbernauld, Condorit, Denny, and and various other places on the way to to Bannockburn. Yeah. Now, the route was identified as part of that 1963 white paper um, mm-hmm. on Scotland's roads and, and, and various others as being one of national importance. Prior to that, there were already um, works underway to improve it, kind of like what had been happening with the A8. Um, The initial work that was carried out was the Denny Bypass. The Denny Bypass was constructed in the 60s, early 60s, and that provided a a good quality bypass of of those towns. The road weaved through various town centres, and a a fairly rural road on the, what might actually have been the old A9, 
on its way up to Barrett right. Run from Falkirk. Okay. Um, that was the first section built. Then he bypassed stage one. And it was mm-hmm. built as dual carriageway. So that was all purpose. That wasn't a motorway. It wasn't a motorway. It was all purpose. No. Yeah, it was all purpose. And it kicked off just north of Hags. Right, okay. Where oh, the moment where yeah. the motorway take, take, where the existing motorway takes a sharp right turn and That's heads right. up towards... That's the, the bank, you know, kind of the split for the bank, MH76. Bank knock. I, think, I believe Bank, bank knock is the name of that, that junction. Junction 6? Junction 7? Junction 7. Um, I thought it was junction, junction 8 up there. I think he is M eight seven six, is it not? Yeah, well, yeah that's no. your thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's um, so, so, it, so, so we need the maps. I know, I know. <laughs> so I kicked off from there. So, so we had Denny bypass built. Meanwhile, as part of the Cumbernauld Newtown development, um, works were going on to bypass um, Cumbernauld and Condora and places like that. Yeah. So a uh, good quality dual carriageway was built in stages from um, basically, basically from Moody'sburn all the way up past Cumbernauld to connect with that Denny Bypass. And that happened over a period of basically the late 50s through to the early 60s. Uh, John's opening up a, an old map here that we have um, yeah. have ready, so that's probably a good, a good thing to I, have. I, I'm, uh, I'm having terrible memories here because I'm, I'm seeing Ockham Kilns Roundabout. Ockham Kilns Roundabout <laughs> existed from at least, at least the mid to late 50s. Yeah. Um, when I was in the, the National Library last week and I was looking at some of the old Ordnance Survey one-inch maps, um, mm-hmm. Ockham Kilns was there, even when the old A73 at that time was still passing over what is now Cumbernauld. Yeah. Um, so so Ockham Kilns as a roundabout has been there for a long time. There's a bit of a story with that roundabout, isn't there? Because it was meant to be an interchange with another major route that was going through. Is that was the site of it. That's right. That, that and that's why it was left. That came later on. Yeah, that yeah. did come later on. Um, mm-hmm. So so we had Cumbernauld Bypass with various other sections built uh-huh. um, as well. That vastly improved things because, let's be honest, compared to what had been there previously, single carriageway route of uh, varying width and the condition, um, this dual carriageway came along and was wonderful. Great. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yep. Down through steps. Excellent. Next, they decided to extend the Denny Bypass north mm-hmm. to meet the new M9 mm-hmm. at Bannockburn. Um, now, there's a technical name for that junction, which you might be able to remind me of. Is it... Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I've put you on the spot. Yeah, I'm giving you this big blank look right now, but I'm trying to remember what it what it, what it is actually called. I'm sure, um, I'm sure it will come back to me. Um, <laughs> basically, where the where the, the services are. At, yeah, uh, at junction. Just 9. where it merges with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so th- they were connecting it up to there. Now, at that point, they had already decided from the 1963 white paper that that was going to be constructed as motorway. Mm-hmm. So rather than have a motorway kick off halfway along the A80, what they decided was to bring the motorway back to the start of the first stage of the Denny Bypass. So hard shoulders were very quickly tacked on. Um, and even to this day, as you pass over or under certain structures, you'll see the hard shoulder disappears. So that's a remnant of that. So that bit of motorway was, was basically added later on. Now that was completed in 1974, I believe. Um, so basically from 1974... Until 1992, mm-hmm. the dual carriageway between Moody's Burn and uh, Hags was all, was all that we had. Um, there were plans, of course, for a sterling motorway in the, the highway plan. That's right. And in the, the Greater Glasgow Transportation Study. And what they both recommended was that the dual carriageway be retained um, through Moody's Burn and, and, and Steps and various other areas up to Cumbernauld as a as an access for Cumbernauld. But the, the M80 Stirling motorway should be built as an offline route through the Kelvin Valley. And that, that would be a three lane a three lane motorway. So um, when you're saying Kelvin Valley, you're talking about um kind of north of Cumbernauld. North of Cumbernauld, between yep. Cumbernauld and Cosyth, in that valley there. Mm-hmm. Um the basically run parallel to the canal and the railway line, the Edinburgh railway line basically. Um, that was the intention, uh, and that was uh, accepted policy for for most of the seventies and the eighties, and and even into the nineties. Um, at the southern end, um, traffic congestion on the S four section of uh, A eighty. Now, basically, that was just four lanes wide single carriageway uh, as it passed Hoganfield Loch. Mm-hmm. Uh, down through steps that was badly significantly congested in, in right. the morning and the afternoon peak um, yeah. something had to be done with that so Glasgow um, the Strathclyde Regional Council sorry mm-hmm. um, promoted a scheme called the Steps Bypass and with European and Scottish office support managed to get that built and that opened in June 1992 and that removed a significant bottleneck uh, from the route at that point. So that stage you had good quality motorway, two-lane motorway at the bottom, mm-hmm. the, the two-lane dual carriageway from there to Hags, and then the motorway from there up to Stirling. 
Now, that left that section in the middle um, because by now traffic levels were so high on the E80 that it was experiencing congestion at peak That's right. We had, well. this, we had this funny terminus, do you remember? I mean, you go up there and you yeah. took a sharp right to get back. Crowwood. Yes, yeah. Crowwood. Um, Crowwood go around there. And yeah. it was clearly left as a, ooh, it can either carry straight yeah. on yeah. or it can slightly go to the north. Yeah. So there was, some, there was, there was a lot of political... Uh, decision-making, dithering, changes of government, blah, 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 the usual sort of thing. But eventually, in 1996, 95-96, they decided that the online upgrade mm-hmm. of the dual carriageway would be the preferred route. Now, yeah. the reasons given for that primarily were the environmental effect that the route would have, the offline route would have, on the Antonine Wall. Right. Uh, because there's a site of significant scientific kind of interest could, yeah. or, or over there. So, so they decided to go with the online um, upgrade, um, mm-hmm. but with an offline bypass of Moody's Burn and Muirhead. Yes. Because there was simply no other way to squeeze a motorway through there. So mm-hmm. so that's basically the, the, the scheme that was... Uh, it ended up coming to be. Yeah. So I've, I've, looking at the next item we've got here, about, you know, talking about this this section here um, and how it functions what, what, what and how that compares to what was originally planned. So the old A80, before mm-hmm. this 2011 upgrade, it was two lanes yeah. in either direction, dual carriageway. No now hard the, shoulders, yeah. No hard shoulders. Now, the, the conversion to motorway... Is more or less the same, yeah. Um, with the exception of between Junction Three and Junction Four A, where yep. we have three lanes, but there isn't that much of a net gain to capacity. No, the Central Scotland Corridor Study that was completed in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, the engineering consultants recommended that the road be dual two mo- dual two lane motorway between the Steps Bypass and the M seventy three. Yeah. Dual four lane motorway between the M seventy three and Auchin Kilns Junction and dual three lane motorway between Auchin Kilns and Hags. Yeah. Connecting with the existing three lane section at the northern end. Okay. Now the Scottish Executive at that time and the Transport Minister at the time uh, made a decision that they did not want to provide increased capacity in the corridor. Now so what you're saying is they didn't want to make make it too good to drive on. Yes, basically. Because it would encourage more people. But given it already had the traffic flows of a three-lane mm. motorway, it probably should have been provided with a minimum three-lane motorway. Yeah. So what we've got is a kind of a botched, um, half-baked half um, yeah. approach. Um, and as anybody who anyone who uses it regularly will know, Me. it suffers from <laughs> yeah you. It suffers from congestion very badly. Now there's a couple of features. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting to talk about. Now we're talking about Auckland Kilns earlier. Yeah. Now, now Auckland Kilns actually was grade separate. Obviously, it's got its flyover. Now this was done in advance was, of this 2011 scheme. Right. That was uh, prioritised, and it was finished in 2005. Yes, I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah, um, and it was all it was left wide enough to allow for three way motor. That's right. Roll. So when you're driving under there, yeah. um, you know you you can see clearly that it was made wide enough for for other lanes. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was taken forward, and, and yeah, okay, that made a huge difference to congestion. But it, all it did mm-hmm. was it moved it further up the hill uh, yeah, because it, did, it didn't have that kind of bottleneck anymore right. you know yeah that's right mm-hmm. so it, it just moved the congestion problem elsewhere now you, you have quite a gradient on that hill heading north you do and I would I would have suggested as a minimum that there should probably have been a climbing line well they do though after I mean after the Castle Carey kind of viaduct yeah. uh, that you pass under there is uh, additional lane that, yeah. that helps you up the hill there yeah. but you do I've noticed as well you do have queuing before the, the split for the MH7 yeah don't get me wrong the addition of the hard shoulders obviously makes a difference so if someone yeah. breaks down or there's an incident which is quite common mm-hmm. they can move to the side of the road and it doesn't disrupt traffic too much mm-hmm. but <laughs> allowing congestion to continue in a corridor when you had an opportunity to remove it just seems like extreme yeah. short-sightedness um, and when you spend 320 million on a project which is mm-hmm. what it cost um, that just seems like a, a bit of a waste of money I know, but here's the thing. I've always thought of this question. How would they have, if they did decide, Stuart, to make it three lanes, yeah. uh, you know, beyond uh, and Kilns, how would they have got that through that viaduct at Castle Carey? Because right now the hard shoulder has to go through one yeah, of the spans. Yeah. One of the, the, there was various options looked at, and again, it all comes down to money and how much you're willing to spend. Hmm. If you had a bottomless pit of money and you, you were happy to spend whatever on it, you probably mm-hmm. would have run the road further north and built a new bridge under the railway just north of the existing viaduct and then had it cut yep. back in itself. Now, that could have led to additional property acquisition and things like that. I don't know. I've not looked at it in detail. Mm-hmm. Or you could have cut it back further south and you could have done something else. But the design yeah. that was basically looked at at the time and recommended by the consultants in that corridor study was that the Hartshold on lane one would go through one arch mm-hmm. and lane two and lane three would go through another. And that would be the same on both sides. Yeah. Now, that's quite unusual in motorways in, I, in the UK. Uh, I mean, I've not seen it. I, I know on the M60... 
uh-huh. they have a section where it has to go through a similar setup, yeah. and they they actually have narrow lanes yep. running through to, that to, to do it. So it could have been a, it could have been accommodated, and it could have been accomplished. Yeah. There may mm-hmm. have been some additional property acquisition required or land acquisition necessary for a three lane motorway there. But I think technically it was feasible. Um, mm-hmm. Anyone who says it was not possible is simply. Not well, being honest not, for themselves. well, they've not seen it working. So it's, it's one yeah. of these things that's hard to disprove because we don't have an example of it. Yeah, the sad thing yeah. is we're, we're left with a road now that, that is seeing increasing levels of traffic, congestion worsening. Yes. You ask yourself, is an offline bypass maybe going to be required in the future? Quite possibly, and retaining the existing MAT or even downgrading that for yeah. something else. Now we could talk about the future here. I mean, mm-hmm. the 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 upgrade came with gantries. It did. You know, some of these are the Glasgow-style gantries, very subtle differences to them. Yeah. Uh, but what about future things like ITS? You know, like smart motorways are all the rage now. Some ways of increasing the capacity through intelligent means yeah. or widening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The, the- how, how, how likely is that going to happen, though? Because I think loads of people sit in that road stuck in queues every morning and wish for that. Well, we often hear politicians and, and others talk about getting people out of their cars and out of public transport yeah. and things like that. If we are going to continue to make minor tweaks around the edges of public transport and not make it accessible to everyone and actually make it a viable alternative to the car, mm-hmm. people are going to continue to drive to work. Yeah. Um, so is a smart motorway option perhaps the best for the M80? It could be. It could be accommodated, accomplished fairly easily, just like it's been in parts of England. Yeah. Uh, but the but, M6 is, is particular as we start doing these things. Yeah. I, just, I, I kind of want to spell something out here because I always get this as I'm coming under the M73 where, yeah. where it's joining. We have but the M73, which is essentially the bypass for Glasgow in the east and Lanarkshire. Yeah. It is a strategic road. The amount of HGVs that use that that come up from England, yeah. which is two-lane, yep. and then the two-lane M80 coming from Glasgow, mm-hmm. meeting and merging yep. for a very short, short section yeah. of three-lane, then yep. two-lane. You do the maths with that. You know that's not going to work. And yeah. that that's what I find frustrating about it. Yeah, conveniently as well, they had two lanes going off at Cumbernaul at Lowood Junction 4. That's right. um, as a minimum, they could have included, in the, at least on the northbound side, the additional lane running coming off the M73 at least to that junction. So you could have had two off, two, you know, two continuing, two going off. That's right. That would have reduced some weaving at least, but no, that wasn't done either. Again, it would have required changes, probably that suspension footbridge mm-hmm. possibly would need to have to come down. Yeah. Um, and been and been replaced for that. That's a possibility. Something that we probably was probably looked at when they were deciding. And they are nice little features of the M80. Yeah, to be honest yeah, with you, you're right. We'll, 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 can we finish the M80 with something nice? Um, the 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 <laughs> if it's possible. But the the actual section that bypasses Moody's Burn. Um, the offline, the, yeah, two, the two lane which, which is you know the kind of newer section that went in yeah. functions very well. It does. There is no problems with that. No, you know. So None at and all. there is a journey time saving there because I remember you know having to having to take the old road. Well, when I was travelling to to Stirling, um, uni um, every day for three years back in two thousand and one, two thousand two, two thousand three, that mm-hmm. was peak M80 disaster. Uh, prior to Ockham Kilns being replaced, prior to any hard shoulders, and it was horrific every morning. <laughs> if you didn't hit the back of the queue in the M73 northbound at that point, you you were lucky. You were having a good day if you managed to get round onto the A80 before you hit the back of the queue. That yeah. was a daily occurrence and had been for years. And by how that long stage. did you have to wait in the mornings at the worst of it? You would easily spend half an hour. Getting from the M73 to to Castle Cary. I'm about the same now, so what's changed, Stuart? So, well, we spent £320 to allow that to be the case. Yeah, and that's a sad thing. I did promise to end on a a high with it, (laughs) but I just feel terrible now. Well, I suppose you could say there is one one feature of the M80 that's quite nice and quite good. It's the the, the statue, the 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 sculpture. Halfway what, up the, Aria, is it, is it is, called? Yeah, that, yes, this is the outstretched arms one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's I right. Know the one you're talking about. Night as well but this is similar to the other artwork things we see along the side of the yeah. M8. So, it helps. You know. It adds a bit of a, a bit of intrigue. And don't be wrong. I mean, the route's got character. Yeah, you know, in have. some ways. It does have. It's, it's interesting. It's here to stay, that's for sure. Um, we, we had a question <laughs> recently about the M18 and the cubs and the drainage and, and things like that on it, and, and there was no definitive answer. But basically the reason was that the changing standards over time. So bits built in the 60s, bits built in the 70s, bits built in the 90s, and, and later on. As things oh, I remember progress, this question, yeah, yeah. Cubs are different, drainage is different. The, the new bit that was built doesn't have cubs because filter drain is at the side of the road very in at the moment. Yes. Um, you know, it's uh, it also depends on what suppliers and where things Indeed. are coming from. That's the right, time, and the contract that's produced and, and the requirements of that. So that, that's basically the reason for that.
Yeah. Okay. Right, so will we will we move on to our next section? Yes. Um, okay, so as many of you may be aware, um, there are a few members of the Glasgow Motorway Archive team, um, and one person who is involved and has been since early this year is uh, our good friend and colleague, Wojciech. Um, Wojciech has a planning background, unlike John and I, we're, we're engineers, so he has a slightly different take on things, and his interest in, in it all is just slightly different. So, uh, Wojciech, I'm, I'm glad you could join us. Hello to you and to all of the listeners. Yep, I'm sure they'll be happy to hear a different voice. They'll be fed up listening to John and I every month, as, as has been the case. Um, Wojciech, you, you joined us um, a few months ago um, now. Uh, tell us a bit about your own your own background and, and what, what, what drives your interest in this subject? Because people do ask, people are interested in this kind of thing. Well, my background is in town planning, uh, which is a discipline that focuses on um, shaping and changing the environment that we live in. Yeah. Um, although it has town in the name, it also focuses um, on areas that are not urban. And um, ultimately what it looks at, at least in the Scottish context, is uh, the, sort of the reduction of inequalities mm. in the environments that we live in. Right, yeah. And uh, transport, as well as the roads, uh, play an important part to that. Yeah. Now, mm. you also being from Cumbernauld, um, you're fortunate to live in one of the towns, one of the few towns in Scotland, with a really decent road system. Um, do you yeah. Are you actively... Um, enjoying that road system? Do you, do you know, is there, is there things about it that interest you? Has it always interested you? Or? Yes, um, I have been for over, I have been here for over a decade now, mm-hmm. and I've been using uh, Cumbernauld Road System um, as well as the adjacent pedestrian footway system mm-hmm. um, for all that time. Yeah. Um, started off as a walker, um, I then moved on to my uh, push bike, my bicycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had uh, episodes on motorbike and now I drive through there very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of everyday experience of the road system in Cumbernauld, uh, unless you're actively interested in roads, is that you just don't really notice it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which perhaps is the marker of how good it is as a road system. Uh-huh. Uh, the interesting thing about it uh, is uh, compared to other new towns um, or parts of cities that were maybe built around the same time, which would have been 60s and 70s, um, you don't get as many roundabouts. You do get dual carriageways. Mm-hmm. However, the key junctions in town are great separated. Yeah. Uh, that means uh, basically motorway style or American style, if you like, yeah. uh, multi-level uh, interchanges. Funny you, you obviously say that because we've spoken before about, about John Collins' involvement in Cumbernauld as well. Mm-hmm. And the Cumbernauld Road system was one of the first he designed when he returned from America. Um, after he'd spent his time in, in California. So he clearly brought some of that American influence to the Cumbernauld system. Um, it's almost entirely free flow. I mean, I don't know where there's really, apart from pedestrian crossings, many sets of traffic lights in Cumbernauld. No, I mean, there's That's something, yeah, something And the 50 mile an hour in. limits means you can get around really well. well. Yeah, Actually, it wasn't until, I believe, around 2004 when the first set of traffic lights was introduced to Cumbernauld. Prior to that, all of the junctions... Uh, were either, um, as I said, stack, multi-level, or yeah. roundabouts, and mm-hmm. any sort of um, smaller, uh, less important roads uh, would have a basic uh, giveaway signs. But there would be yeah. no, there would be no uh, traffic lights of any sort. Similarly, so- the pedestrian crossings would take the form of either an under or overpass. And it wasn't until the construction of a new uh, superstore on the western end of the town centre that the local authority decided to uh, traffic calm uh, one of the main roads uh, leading to that uh, uh, to that shopping place. Right. And uh, that meant an introduction of uh, various forms of traffic calming, uh, predominantly in the form of chicanes, right. as well as the introduction of a set of uh, traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, in typical Glasgow fashion, because it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be Glasgow if we didn't have this. The system isn't actually 100% complete, is that right? There's aspects of it that went unfinished. Well, yes. Um, again, something that you might not be aware of um, unless you know where to look for it. It's a bit of a detective's work, if you like. Um, <laughs> uh, not far from where I stay, which is in Kildrum, uh, which is mm. one of the older parts of the new town, uh, you get a dual carriageway uh, known locally as Janesbury. Right. That leads to uh, Kildrum roundabout south. Uh, now, on the approaches to it, uh, when you head in south, you notice that the dual carriageway suddenly splits quite afar and there's a big amount of 
uh, ground in the middle. Uh, kind of dead area. Basically, yes. Yeah. Which seems to be home to a rather quirky looking pedestrian overpass. Mm-hmm. However, the reason for that design is there were plans to put um, another carriageway um, above that uh, junction, above that interchange, which right. was then meant to connect onto uh, the junction with Forest and Lansing Mill Road, mm-hmm. uh, which was then supposed to create um, form another dual carriageway connecting the uh, su- the southern industrial estates of the town with the res- residential district of Abram Hill and uh, the the eighty at Castle Kerry. Yeah, and we're just looking actually at that on, on one of the old maps that we have here we um, do, at the moment. Yeah. And recently, we actually came across a sixties uh, plan in an old. Uh, technical paper that yeah. actually shows the, the proposed system in full so we will need to share that at some point with everyone anyone who has an interest in Cumbernauld and I know that a lot of our followers actually come mm-hmm. from Cumbernauld because when we share photos of the old A80 and the like they are very popular so so yeah, yeah you might well be interested in that so we'll, we'll try and share that in, the, in the early in the new year as well um, that kind of ties me back to, to, to Voicex's role uh, mm-hmm. with the archive working on the website in particular um, in terms of the social media side of things Facebook mm-hmm. Twitter um, you may have seen some of Voicex's posts about uh, features of urban motorways from around the world uh, there, were, there was a subject uh, covering Berlin as well closer to home Voicex working on a, a, an article a, a page for us for the, for the Cumbernauld Road system um, mm-hmm. so we will get that online um, probably at some point during 2019 um, I'm sure there will be lots of people interested in that that will discuss the various ins and outs and, and ultimately how it all ties in with the, with the new town and the, the proposals yeah. for the I mean it's town. a massive subject what we're oh, talking yeah. about here I mean I assume it's kind of going on like this I'm thinking it almost needs a podcast of its own yeah I mean you, you could know? and that may actually be something we'll do that when we're actually ready to make that live we'll probably have a, a good discussion a on that as well yeah. absolutely uh, the reason for that would be new towns um, of the 60s uh, vintage are probably about the first time in uh, the history of planning in Britain where transport, vehicular transport, was taken um, as as an element of planning that was just as important as anything else. Before that, it was perhaps a bit of an afterthought, uh, maybe something that was considered uh, under experimental experimental approaches, but uh, in Cumbernauld, uh, as well as other new towns of Scotland, those being being Livingston, East Kilbride, Glenrothes, and Irvine, traffic was seen uh, not only as a problem but also an opportunity mm-hmm. well this was uh, the age of the motor car absolutely, wasn't it <laughs> absolutely i mean the the, the american influence mm. on john collin was mentioned there and yeah. americans were uh, designing their landscapes and cities with yeah, cars yeah. in mind as early as 1920s 1930s and yeah. uh, it was in the 60s in britain in the age of mass motor car ownership when uh, yeah. planners and decision makers realized that it's an opportunity as well as a challenge hence mm-hmm. why um, <clears throat> british towns and cities of that vintage have some really interesting and uh, rather outstanding uh, features uh, yeah. uh, in form in form of the roads uh, interchanges etc yeah well listen Wojciech thanks very much for, for taking the time to join us and, and actually come along and introduce yourself because I know lots of people are interested in who's actually behind the Glasgow Motorway Archive so I know a lot of people will appreciate that yeah. and we do obviously we value your insight into the into Cumbernauld in particular so I'm sure we will definitely hear from you again um, I'm we sure you so. we hope we hope we will <laughs> it's been fun to have you yeah, yeah. well I'm, so, right, so. I'll be very happy to be part of the part of the team and uh, yeah. I'm glad to see uh, others being interested in yeah. our subject matter same as I was it's, uh, before I it's, joined you, you're right it's funny because you always say well, was I the only one and then, of course, <laughs> you know, we find all these people on Facebook that have the same thing. It's great. It's almost like a community we're building here. So that's right. That's really yeah, good. Absolutely right. <laughs> so, no, it's good. All right. So, well, thanks, Wojciech. I think we'll, we'll move on at that stage then, and we'll, we'll start talking about some of the, the, the Holford slides and the Glasgow City Council documents that we've received. And basically, we've had 1,864 slides from, from Holford's alone. John, we spent some time recently going through some of them. What, what immediately stood out for you? The thing that stood out for me was uh, the question I posed myself of, of uh, how long is this going to take to go through it all? The <laughs> yes, and all. I, yeah. No, there, there were some great things that we've seen in here, particularly during the construction of the uh, Monkland Motorway, Yeah, uh, the sections further east in the city that we hadn't actually seen. Uh, a lot of these things we had seen where the, the road had just opened, yep. uh, but there were, there, were, there were sections where it was maybe a few years after, which was really interesting to see because that's a part of the network I'm familiar on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
another part here. Hoping we're going to take this one away from you uh, was was Annie's Land Cross. <gasps> no, it wasn't that amazing. <laughs> well, so this, this was, of course, this this junction. You know, in, in its current form, is an at great junction that we've got there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there was plans for it to be grade separated from the south to north. Yeah. And there were actually some artists' impressions, and this is the great thing with the Holford stuff is you get these kind of uh, artists' impressions and drawings that we had with it, so we could have seen what it would have actually looked like. There was there was so much of this stuff. Yeah, I, I, that was what really stuck out for me as well. Yeah. We knew that Holford's had a really deep involvement with various at various points of the design of the system, because they were mm-hmm. always a consulting architect. Um, mm-hmm. But to see way more of those artists' impressions than we'd ever seen before on schemes that we hadn't realised had been considered in such detail. Yeah. Um, well, one of them was was this Kilmarnock Clark's uh, Kelvin Dale oh, Expressways, yeah. you know, which th- these these schemes to us have just been lines on a map. Yeah. And a paragraph in the highway plan, and we've been left kind of stroking our chins ever since yep. with these things, and then we, we kind of see see them in more detail, you know. To see the Kilmarnock Expressway in particular, which is one I had never paid any attention to, <laughs> other than as you say, as a line on the map. It's a line on a map. Yeah. First of all, they show the construction of the Shawns Arcade. Yeah. But a key part of that is this two-lane tunnel running <laughs> down the line of Pollockshaws Road. All right, yes. Going under Sean's Cross. Oh, I remember seeing yeah, this. Yeah. And running south and then emerging about four or five hundred yards further south. I mean, my God, that's, you know... That's, yeah. This is something we actually don't talk about too much of the roads in the south side yeah, of the city. Yep. So, no, that, that was an interesting so one. That was an interesting one. And then similarly, the Clarkson Expressway mm-hmm. didn't have any tunnels, mm-hmm. but it was a good high-quality two-lane dual carriageway mm-hmm. with some grade separation and some at-grade junctions as well. Some of the slides in there, some of the surveys and photo surveys that we've come across, some of them are stunning. Mm-hmm. I've come across photos in there. There's one, I, I was scanning slides the other day. Uh, one of the next ones on my list. It's the old Safeway store. Mm-hmm. Um, must just be off the E77. Now, I remember when that, that, shop, that shop was there for a while, then they then built a new one, which is now Morrison's further up, and it's near the railway line. <laughs> You've and, been from the area originally yeah. to remember these things. But. And and the old Safeway stores there and all these old cars in the campus. That's like yeah. 1972 or something. Uh-huh. And there's all these people shopping. It is a stunning image. And yeah. even for people who are not interested in roads, they're going to love that. So, uh, well, that, so you can see old cars and what things yeah, used to look like. That's right. You know, so in, in some people's that memory. is definitely one we're going to share over the Christmas yeah. period because a few surprises lined up. Some of these have been scanned. Mm-hmm. Similar with the Kelvindale Expressway, which yes. again was a line on the map to us in the GGTS in particular. Mm-hmm. We then found out that they completely changed the line of it and ran it parallel to the railway line. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, it ran on the canal. So by the early 70s, they were saying, no, 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 let's keep the canals. We can use them for recreation purposes, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, so they moved the line of the Kelvindale Expressway for the north. And we actually discovered that about a 200 metre long section of it was actually built as part of the housing development at Somerston yeah. in front of the Asda store and various other bits. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are so, bits of it that were so built. So go on Google Maps with the website open as well and, and look at these things because you, you can see the lines for these things mm-hmm. on the, you know, the highway plan and GGTS documents that yeah. we've shared. Famously, the Kelvindale Expressway Expressway, I believe, was the first one, the first scheme of any to be cancelled mm-hmm. um, because the traffic figures were, were vastly rounded downwards from what had been uh, predicted mm-hmm. in the highway plan or the GGTS. Um, so it was one of the first to go. So we'll try and scan some of this stuff. We'll try, we'll, we'll try and get elements, aspects of it out there. Um, as John said, Anisland Cross, the images for Anisland Cross are stunning. You know, you can you can imagine that actually being built like that. Yeah. This deep um, underpass running from north to south, uh, it's not. Is it Crow Road? That's Crow Road, there, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. northern section's Crow Road, right, and the, it's, right yeah, underneath, right. underneath uh, Great Western Road, and back up the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and be. you've got the um, you've got the tower, Annie's Land. What's the name I of that I think it's tower, just there? Annie's Land Tower. This is the big yeah. red building yeah. you're talking so, about. Yeah. So you can see that there. It's already mm-hmm. built by that point. So it's really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna just gonna stick with Annie's Land Cross. Yeah. Like you've always been a bit of a critic of the junction uh, in its current form. Yeah. Um. And uh, I, I actually think for an at grade junction, which connects five routes, pretty good. You know. Did, did you not once say to me, and this is what st- stuck in my head, one of the the first things you said to me when we discussed things way back, way back, way back, way back, was that Annie's Land Cross is probably the most capacity that you can get from an at-grade junction yeah. connecting that many roads. Yes, yeah. I would say so. We spoke to John Cullen about it, and he <laughs> I remember him saying, yes. yes, it was a tricky one. Yeah, that's um, right. But the plan always was that it would have been grade-separated. So what, oh, is that really what we're left with, is kind of a temporary setup that happens to work reasonably well? Yeah, whether well, I see earlier mm-hmm. about not being Glasgow if it was, wasn't finished. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the only junction um, to, to where you want to turn right. Crow Road going to the 82 but you actually go left you turn left to 
go right. <laughs> exactly. Turn left to go yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's what I always remember it. I, I've often found with that road. I mean, the, the dual carriageway express was in our side the, the, to the south. Um, mm. There was a lot of nimbyism that scaled that back quite a bit. It was very uh, the Crow Road Express was very close to being built, and I think we have covered this. Yeah, you know, in some things we've uh, you know. So generally, you find that the. the the cross itself works not too badly, mm-hmm. but because of these right-hand turns and, and the supermarket just north on the other yeah. side, that's really what causes the issues with that bit of road now. It's mm-hmm. just so busy. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I'll take the point. On the whole, the Anison Cross does work in its form, but it would have been good to see that underpass. Just um, looking forward to sharing some of these things on social yeah. media. As I say, if anybody's worried that we're ever running out of material, no. fear not. No, we've got years worth of material yeah. coming in. Um, and similarly, there was there's a lot of information on some of the motorways as well, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the Lomond Motorway, which is the western extension of what was the Mary Hill Motorway, and a Hamden Spur Motorway, which isn't in the Highway Plan or the GGTS, mm-hmm. and came about as a result of protests regarding the northern legs of the Kilmarnock and Clarkston Expressways. Um, so we've got a document, a report, um, that's justifying a single motorway spur Mm-hmm. Um, to replace the northern sections of both of those. The, well, the, the Hamden Spur, I mean, in this, these plans we see, it actually comes off what what is referred to, I think, as the Hamilton Road route. That's right. Which follows basically the line of what we now have as the M74, you know, running past Rutherglen in these yeah. places. And this was one of these routes. The Hamilton Road route was a Strathclyde Regional Council thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. That name alone just screams Strathclyde Regional Council. Yeah. Um, the air Road route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so... Th- th- we had always known that that road existed and we didn't really have much detail. And then in amongst the Glasgow City Council documents that we were handed recently, yeah. there's a copy of a, a Hamilton Road Route Justification Report. <laughs> and it has really detailed, interesting designs. And interestingly, they wanted to build it initially with at-grade junctions, but there's a statement in the report that says the Chief Constable of Strathclyde Police has told them in no uncertain terms that that is not to happen and it is to be grade-separated from day one. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. The pol- if the police are on side with it, then that's always a good sign. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So had that gone ahead, uh, it was eventually superseded by the M74 completion route that we, we now have. Yeah. Um, had that gone ahead, that would have tied in with the Town Head London Road link, which yeah. was the downgraded version of the east flank of the Ring Road. Basically, it removed the Glasgow Green part of that route. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's an interesting scheme, that yeah. one. I mean, we, we, we haven't shared much on the, no, you know, the London no. Road link. But. And there's a document in there as well that covers that. I mean, mm-hmm. that was still policy until well into the 90s, maybe even the early 2000s before that was abandoned. Yeah. Um, it was criticised because it caused a lot of a blight, planning blight, yeah. down the back end of High Street. Uh, there was there not was much huge gap sites yeah. in there for, because of the, years, all these years. things. Yeah, yeah. and for, as I say, there was just no national buy-in to these because they were seen as being local or regional importance, so there was not really a lot of money on the go. Uh, we also had a document for the twin bridges at Kingston, Tradeston, Anderson. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Yes. I can't believe I forgot a about that stunning project and proposal that Strathclyde had on its books from about 1989 mm-hmm. um, and then continued through basically an expressway type uh, bridge on either side of the Kingston Bridge designed to handle an additional Sorry, I won't say additional 65,000 vehicles a day. Designed to remove vehicles from the Kingston Bridge. Uh, So vehicles that were using the bridge to go to make local journeys from south to north would have been encouraged off the motorway and to use these twin bridges. Would have tied in directly to the Clyde Side Expressway in the north and to the new M74 completion, Strathclyde Regional Council's version of the M74 completion Mm -hmm. in the south, which would have had ramps directly tying into these bridges and Kingston Bridge. Yeah. That. And if you want to see those plans, go to our M74 page. M74 completion page th- on the website has those original plans. Yeah. You will see them there. I um, wanted to give that a little plug. Oh, know, definitely. If anybody's not seen that page yet, so, we have all the Strathclyde proposals on there, which was dual five-lane motorway at the northern end, I might add. Yeah. Much wider than what was built um, in 20, or opened in 2011. Can we just quickly mention something else here? Mm-hmm. And it was also an image that we seen, and it was an artist's impression of what would have been the motorway bridge should the you know the east and south flank cross. <gasps> yes, and it had this almost like a Seattle type. Do, yep. Do you remember we had a meeting mm-hmm. with um, a chap who had worked at Holfords, Andrew yes. Talach. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember Andrew. Yeah. And and Andrew mentioned that there were proposals for bridges and things um, yeah. over the. Uh, Glasgow oh. Green to try and mitigate the environmental impact of the east flank mm-hmm. and we were kind of like, oh yeah that sounds interesting that sounds interesting well <laughs> some of the proposals for that bridge are now included and if you think like the tour of Queensferry Crossing mm-hmm. think of one of those with uh, cables coming out each side and this elevated deck suspended above Glasgow Green with a viewing platform and restaurant at the top Yes, that's what they were proposing 
and we have slide scans of some of these uh, illustrations. How could you have said no to that? You know, know. That, that is that is really good. So look, we're really looking forward to sharing some of these things. Yeah. You know, it's just it, it is almost it is almost a bit too much at the moment. We've got there so is, much stuff. There's to so go so much stuff to get through. And listen, yeah. if anybody out there is genuinely interested in providing any assistance either uh, with social media or slide scanning or production or any of these things drop us an email we're always willing to take on other people and, and if you've got a genuine interest and you have time to spare mm-hmm. we're happy to have you so email us admin at glasgows-motorways.co.uk um, we will certainly consider any proposals yeah. for that mm-hmm. um, rounding up on that John just wondering if there was anything else that caught my eye in, in amongst the documents there was a an environmental statement report for the initial M77 extension right. from Fennec to Mallet's Hugh. So the last section that got built that opened this in 2005. 2004-2005 section, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there were some interesting things in there. I hadn't realised, and I must admit I'm not ashamed to admit, that I hadn't realised the Scottish office had promoted a scheme in the detail that it had. It kind of now makes sense why that road was built in only about 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they finally gave it the go-ahead, it all happened very quickly. Now makes sense. Mm-hmm. We know that most of the groundwork was done in the 90s, the late 90s for that. Um, so so that's why that happened. The only thing that was missing from that proposal that then came later was the Glasgow Southern Orbital. Yes. Um, that was obviously then then added into that. This is that. the East Kilbride to Junction 5 road. Yeah, yep, so that, that was added in. That's Eagles an interesting document as well. So again, yeah. we'll t- I'll try. I know I'm always promising things. Uh, I will try and find some time to get some of this stuff shared <laughs> so you guys can see it. Um, yeah. Again, any special requests, you know, d- drop us a line. We will, we'll, we'll specifically look things out for people if need be. Even if just a quick snap with the phone and then sharing that image so you can see what we're talking Definitely. about we're, we're happy to do that and and of course thanks to the to the guys at Holford or what was Holford who, who passed on the, the old records and for the, the office at Glasgow City Council who were, were getting ready to chuck stuff in the bin it was literally saved from the bin by by a friend a friend of mine um, Gregor um, he spoke to his colleagues and they kindly uh, donated that material to us so we are very glad to have it was we quite really literally on the way to the bin as, as I heard it and it was like yeah. no you know, I know guys will take this yeah so we're know? really really grateful for that so thank you to, yeah. to all of you um, for, for sharing that um, John, I think at that stage, I think that's a good time to move on to our monthly question section. I will do, but I'd like I'd like to I'd like to say something quickly. We were talking about the M80 earlier. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Junction Nine. We were referring it to a Bannockburn. Well, yeah. it just popped back into my head what the junction's actually called. Okay, it's Pern Hall. Pern Hall. Pern Hall. Pern Hall. Yeah. And I believe actually that the, the scheme in the M9 when that was built, I think that was the something to Pern Hall. Yeah, motorways. That's a road. I know it's not Glasgow, but that's a road we will need to find out more about. We'll cover that as well. You know, we're getting mm-hmm. to the stage now where we'll we'll cover anything that's motorway related. So yeah. yeah. So no, brilliant. Absolutely. John, do you want to, do you want to start us off with the questions? As usual, I will fire them out to you. So uh, we have one here from Duncan McKnight, and Duncan's a regular follower of ours. And hello, Duncan. We hope you hope you're doing well. And, and mm-hmm. please continue to keep the questions coming in. No, it, ask us anything. So Duncan, this time he, he's asking, why was there a gap in the M8 between Newhouse and Bailiston? Why so long to get it finished? Now, the, the primary reason for that um, was that between Bailiston and Newhouse, that section of eight was the last to be upgraded to dual carriageway before we started building motorway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it opened, or it was completed in 1961 as a dual two-lane um, section, uh, six miles long with grade separated junctions mm-hmm. which has only very recently been yeah you well, know. Uh, upgraded again so at the time when we started building the bits of M8 on either side mm-hmm. it actually was uh, was pretty good it was uh, doing its job very well it was, they had all spent a lot of money on it fairly recently mm-hmm. so it wasn't considered a priority for upgrade it was only when we got into the mid 70s and we realised that the route on either side was going to be entirely motorway mm-hmm. that they decided yeah okay let's upgrade uh, the six mile section in the middle to motorway as well and again political dithering political indecision led to that, that taking 30 years initially there was uh, spending constraints that, that saw it cancelled um, Strathclyde Regional Council then promoted a couple of schemes that, that evolved there was then a further Scottish office scheme a DBFO design build finance operate scheme that was promoted in the mid 90s that was cancelled uh, due to a change in government in 1997 um, and it then took basically another 10 years after that, for it to come back, yeah. And get what we've got now. Yeah. And interestingly, though, the 90s scheme mm-hmm. is quite similar to the scheme that we have now, with some parts of it changed, That's obviously. Right. And it would have had a three-lane section all the way to Shots, Junction 5. Junction 5. 
which probably would be no bad thing for anybody no. who uses it every day, that has to be said. Um, again, we did have hard shoulders added onto the route um, in, from 2002-2004. Yeah. Uh, Scott Wilson and Balfour Beat had a scheme in there, £25 million scheme when they added hard shoulders along the length, made some other improvements, closed some of the central reservation gaps. Yeah. That vastly improved the, the, the running quality and things of it, but it didn't improve capacity. And they, they, they've, they've kind of met, they messed around with it for yeah. years, adding slip roads. Uh, Shorehead's got a slip road at some point. The, yeah. You know, the roundabouts as well. Yeah. I mean, again, there was a lot of decision making going on about whether it should be online, offline, partially mm. on, partially off, and, and eventually that's what we got in the end. Yeah, wasn't we had it? partial online upgrade, mm. partial offline. Mm-hmm. It seems to be working so far. I, I think it works really quite mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You know, the only problem is we do have these bottlenecks at the other end. You at know, the other so end. That's yeah, it. which which is a pity. But we've got the additional capacity through the corridor, yeah. and the congestion we used to see in A is now gone. Yes, entirely. That's a so lovely yes. free free flowing route yeah, now. So I, you know? I hope that that uh, mm. that gives you some explanation as to that one. So I think yeah, I think that's a good question to ask. It's something we actually haven't spoken about that a great deal. So yeah. it's good to touch on that subject. Yep. Right, next questions from Alistair Morrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair asks, why was street lighting removed from the M seventy four? Junction 4 to Junction 6. Oh. So this is the Maryville to Hamilton section. This so, section, yeah. the M74, has recently been widened. Been widened, yep. To the so, lines. as I remember it, it did have lighting down the middle. Mm-hmm. Which was only added in the either the late 80s or the early 90s because of uh, concern about accident rates and things like that. Right, okay. I, my understanding of it is right. that Transport Scotland's contract for the construction of that section, or the widening of that section, allowed for an efficient lighting design to be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the, the contractor um, went through a process and was able to demonstrate that removing the lighting uh, could be done in a safe way and maintain safety levels and not result in any additional accidents. Mm-hmm. And, and Transport Scotland obviously accepted the, accepted that recommendation. That's the reason that the, the lighting is gone. Mm-hmm. I suppose there isn't really a lot on either side of the road there, so it, it almost have rural characteristics yeah, but it's it's dark. It's noticeably different. Well, one of the that's what I was going to say. Noticeable. I yeah. remember driving that section of seventy four. It was always lit. Yeah, for anybody who, I mean, I can understand why they took the lighting as far as Junction Six because that's really the end of the main urban centres coming out of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And, and my personal preference would have been to have seen it retained. Um, mm-hmm. I mean. They could have gone to an LED option like they've done elsewhere, first of all, as that's an energy right. reduction. You know, if you're um, thinking about energy efficiency, yeah. that's what, but then you'll see LED, you know, lighting columns. I suppose we'll have everywhere. to give it give it time over the next few years and see how it performs and if of there's course. any issues relating to the lighting. It's maybe a bit too early to judge, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Possibly things are probably still bedding in on that one. So, yeah, I'd, I'd watch this space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the next question we've got here is from Paul Clarkson. So Paul asks, why Aberfoyle on signage and gantries? I think there's a nice easy explanation for this. Uh, Aberfoyle is a primary destination of the E81. In mm-hmm. fact, is it not the terminus of the E81? Pass. I'd have to get I, a bigger map than what yeah, I've got on my lap. I think it may well be. <laughs> I, I think, as you see, for, for most destinations and signs, uh, they are primary destinations. And I believe Aberfoyle is a primary destination yep. of the E81. Um, whereas like Mary Hill, for example, isn't. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why you wouldn't see Mary Hill, but you would see Aberfoyle, and there is also the tourist aspect of Aberfoyle as well. I think um, that I think that's one of the things because you do see it mentioned on those brown signs. You do, you, you know. Do. So, so you've, got the, you've got the the local home and for and, and the Argyll yeah. Forest and Aberfoyle and all the various bits and bobs around there. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I suppose even now it remains a, a sort of a. a I think most people know where that is as well in a direction, so it makes sense to kind of put it there. The whole thing with primary routes, primary destinations is quite a kind of a mucky subject to get into, maybe something for another time, but... I think I think I agree with you. Yeah, because there, there doesn't seem to be any right or wrong way of approaching these things. Sometimes you see destinations and signs, and you think, "Why is that on there? That's not a primary destination." It just it just depends. If it's a local authority area, for example, they can add whatever. Well, these things are. change. I mean, we we had Kirk and Tillich on gantries for a long time. We did, and then that changed to Springburn. It did indeed, mm-hmm. because we had the ME to come along, and then that. Road so to things Kirk do change, you know, yeah. as a traditional. That's right. route. So, so, yeah, so that, so that that makes sense. Uh, any okay. other questions that we have this month? No, well, I'm afraid we've only got the three this week. Unless you can think of anything else that's kind of come up, maybe maybe kind of general questions or, or yeah, maybe one that we've had a kind of a recurring theme of. Yeah, there's lately. nothing off the top of my head that stands out as being a regular subject, but I will keep an eye open for that. Mm-hmm. Again, any questions that you have or anything that's raised, feel free to send it. We'll, we'll happy, happily discuss it mm-hmm. um, next time. But we are readily approaching the hour mark of this podcast, which will make it the longest one we've done. Which I suppose since it's the Christmas special, I think, that's yeah. uh, that, that's quite a. I am good just thing. looking forward to all these jingles that are going to be added in post production. You 
can bet they will be very enjoyable joining. I'm I sure am, you will love them as I well, am, the listeners. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I have tried my best to stop them, but I can only do so much. Right, so on that on on that uh, note, and I think we'll start to round things up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do intend to do a Facebook Live at some point. We'll, we'll yeah. bring out some of the reports and some of the plans. I have some ideas about how we can we can prepare that. Yeah. Um, so watch watch this space for that. That will appear on social media first. Um, in terms of changes for 2019, um, there may be some changes to the way that the, the archive operates uh, and, and to the, 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 uh, the nature of what we look into. We may be looking to broaden our horizons a bit and consider other areas that, that's yeah. coming down the line. We'll keep you posted on that. But we won't lose the focus on Glasgow. No. So don't worry, no, no. we're not going anywhere. Glasgow's centre of the universe and, 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 and Scotland. And it comes, when it comes to roads and motorways... Well, that's us lost a listener in yes, Edinburgh. There we go. It's not upset any of it. Edinburgh listeners, if no. there are any. Uh, so yeah, so, so fact, that is actually exciting news for them. In yep. fairness, what Indeed, we've got coming up because there is a, some interesting stuff through there as yeah. well. Um, we hope that you all have a very good Christmas and, and, and a good New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll certainly be enjoying some some good time off, John. I, I think you are as well. Is that right? Yeah, I've actually managed to wangle a week off this year, which good. I don't normally do. So and that's good to know. Um, it'll be well be well worth the break. Um, so yeah we will see you in the new year we hope to get another one soon we hope you've enjoyed this podcast we hope the improved sound quality has made all the difference to your experience of it and please as always let us know what you think Uh, we we do take on board your feedback and and that's why it's going to be on Spotify and iTunes so thanks again thank you bye bye